Ladies and gentlemen, these and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. It has been a long 32 days since our last episode. So hello, yes, guys. it has. It really <laughs> has. Hi, I'm alive. Mostly, we're all alive. We should have put a little little blurb up there explaining, but we didn't because we got lazy. Yeah, uh, we did take a hiatus. Uh, we spent two months at Sherwood Forest, immersing ourselves in all things LARP and Renaissance, uh, which was a fucking blast. Uh, we met a lot of people, did a lot of networking, uh, and a lot of those people are going to be on the podcast confirmed soon. <laughs> which is great i love yeah. it I, I i think we've got a lot of time with uh, uh other people other you know fellow players and and dungeon masters and we met so many interesting people we got interviews networked and to be honest we needed to take some times for ourselves also a little bit of mental care just to kind of get back into the swing of things exactly and it did help we were able to kind of like re um we were able to kind of refresh I take a step back, come up with some new ideas, come up with some crazy ideas, and then uh, rethink them, and then come up with even crazier ones. So, and my absolute favorite part was just so many drunken Dungeons and Dragons stories. Oh my so. god, <laughs> the, the absolute best! The absolute yeah. best. So much alcohol. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We we were safe. Yeah. Yeah, well, we camped there, so we didn't have to drive, which was a good thing because we stayed drunk usually from Friday night till sometimes Sunday. We did, <laughs> as I sip my beer. So exactly. <laughs> so because we spent two months in Sherwood Forest and in a Renaissance fair, where we kind of immerse ourselves into historical non-fantasy slash fantasy. Uh, we're kind of apt, yeah, a little of both. It's kind of an apt episode that we're going to be talking about time travel, all things time travel in the game. Uh, and I know, uh, Bone Daddy, this was your jam, and and uh, this was my jam. Yeah, I mean, we at least in D and D, I think this is your jam, and then in World of Darkness, we have Thorn. So let's, uh, Bone Daddy, if you want to start, what's the number one thing about time travel for uh, for any tabletop game? Um, getting your system right. Like, so the, the problem with, oh my God, time travel. I have so much to talk about involving time travel because I watch so much stuff with time travel in it. I watch Star Trek. I'm a Doctor, Doctor Who fan. I, um, I watched, uh, that, that stupid, I'm a Marvel movie fan. I watched that stupid X-Men movie with time travel. Like it was just like, I time travel is a, is a thing that I really, really enjoy, um, as a concept. But like getting your getting your um getting your your system down, like the rules for your time travel down are so important. And I I I look at Doctor Who as my main source because it's so much time travel involved. And um, a lot of the times I am sitting there watching a Doctor Who episode, and I'm like, I'm like, man, wasn't there like a rule against this the other time? And like. Um, the, the person I was watching it with would, will often be like, yeah, but it's bad writing. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's so good. <laughs> um, 
And so just making sure you have like your system down, like what is the, uh, like how your time travel works and how it's, what cause and effects happen. Like is your time travel um, step on a butterfly tornado over here type of time travel? Or is there like a disconnect between um, time traveling, uh, time traveling into the past um, and the future? Or do you have like a, does time travel uh, verge off on each like different decision you make? So is there like a different timeline that's a possibility? And you just have to make sure that if whatever you, whatever you decide on, you stick to it and just keep track of how your time travel functions. Cause that will make the game go a lot smoother. Those rules will be established so that way your players will be like, oh, hey, that's how this works. And this is how this works. So just the rules of your time travel. I think it can be uh, mainly down to two types. Like it could be either like voluntary where you're controlling it or where it's just up to the story weaver to go back and forth. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the important things, you know, that the bone daddy was saying is to find your, your mechanic, so to speak for the, for the game. But there is, there is a way that it's, a very simple way of doing it, which we've talked about before. It's just like, oh, it's magic. It happens. And I guess that's where Bone Daddy was talking about the the bad writing and certain TV shows and things. It's like, oh, well, I mean, we just jumped. But sometimes that's the easiest. And that's what we did in Thorn's campaign in World of Darkness. It was one minute we were in modern times and then fade to black. And all of a sudden we were in the Salem Witch Trials. Well, the way the way I did it was you had a, a, a set time to figure out the puzzles or whatever I kind of task I put to you. And if whether pass or fail, you jumped after that time. And usually it was with the ritual uh, that would definitely really go awry to get you to travel again. But I had that time, that time, it was just set in time, how many sessions we had, you had to solve the problem. And then it was controlled by me. So I could set as little time or as much time as I wanted. And to be honest, I'm such fight, you know, by the seat of my pants. It's it was literally how the how it was going. Uh-huh. It was always more than three sessions. I I told myself I'd never let it go more than ten. So it just went that way. And I mean, you pass some tests, you failed others. It happens. But it also, if you failed one, it, it let me know what was in the next uh, time period because it would be either a little harder or a little easier, just depending. Yeah, yeah. And I mean. So I think we're getting into we we tend to do this, but we're we're getting into nitty gritty of like details of mechanics. Um, but let's try to talk about just time travel in general in games. So I'm thinking like uh, giving examples of Ooh. the things that we've done and also things that can be done. Go for it. I I'm a huge fan of making time a phys- giving time a physical embodiment or like a uh like a physical form so like the the concept of time giving it like a physical embodiment or like an entity that can that monitors or controls time um i'm a huge fan of that um the biggest reference i have for that is uh mortal the new mortal kombat game well not the new but the most recent one that came out which has a which has a time travel component to it because how else were they going to fit all the characters in there um and uh the (laughs) But it's cool. The the it's a cool concept because you, you through the whole game you're fighting against a Chronica who's a Titan 
and she controls the sands of time. And essentially she crafts and weaves like the different time streams and they're like to her design. And like, I've always liked that idea. Like there's, there's gotta be like, like the times like a force and then there has to be like a entity or a being like a timeless being who's monitoring like the time stream, like to ensure that like everything's like going smoothly and keeping the force in check, you know? And so that's, that's, I always thought that was a fun concept to put into a role-playing game because it gives your, it gives your players a, um, something to like a, a non-player character to talk to or even like an antagonist, like a Chronica is in the Mortal Kombat game, or even a protagonist, like they they're they're recruited to go um, do a mission that involves like fixing things in time that aren't making sense, and it would I think that's the best way to to incorporate it into a game. Um, but I know there's other ways, but that's the one I prefer. I know the the simplest way, personally, the simplest way to do it, especially in D and D, is just the Feywild. Because time works differently in the Feywild. So you can go in for three seconds and come out two years later. So it's it's a real easy way to do it. Um, it can go either way. Um, I do recommend you give your players um, something that, that, does, that can make it so it doesn't happen. But there's nothing wrong with putting them in a situation where they have to do something and you just let it roll to the dice. But the Feywild is definitely the easiest way to do it. Yeah, and and I do have to put a caveat on that because I I did this to my party, uh, which Bone Daddy and Thorn were a part of. Um, like Thorn said about uh, giving them something that helps the Feywild not do the timey wimey nonsense that it does. Um, it's not fair to your party if, say, in arc one of of our our party. Uh, there was a God War and there was a end date that we knew exactly when the thing was supposed to start because, you know, stars align, yada, yada, yada. So we knew the date. And if I had just thrown everyone into the Feywild and then said, oops, uh, you missed the date, that's not fair to the players being able to fix the thing or to uh, attack the problem. So if you're going to do something like that with a, a, a timetable, you do you know, as Thorne said, like I gave them a potion that they all had to drink in order to not uh, be sucked up into the weird timing. Now, another easy way to do it, um, if you didn't want to do like Feywild stuff, is look to, like we say, steal everything. Look to Harry Potter and do the time turner. Uh, something like that, a watch, uh, a sundial, something that they can turn and maybe go back hours instead of years. And you can do the same thing they did in, in the Potter movies and the books where they can't run it, you can run into yourselves and it would just cause problems. So there's there's different ways that you can do, and time travel doesn't necessarily mean years or millennia. It could mean so much as ha- a half an hour. It could be, you know, minutes, moving minutes in time. You can do it however complicated or easy you want to. And it, it really does make for some interesting RP, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I know uh, Bone Daddy had had a um, uh, some kind of... of, of I guess homebrew, uh, like a, a chiromancer kind of thing going on uh, that he was thinking about playing, but it was you know you almost got like a second turn because you got to do your action in combat, and then as long oh. as you used your bonus action to do a thing, you could have a second action. It's actually um, the that one is a that's not homebrew. That's a, a wild mount. Wild mount has a. Oh. a um, I haven't gotten to read that one. It has like time mages 
Um, to be fair, I'm I I forgive me, but I'm usually a lot more a lot more like well versed in like mm-hmm. wild mount stuff. But cryomancy, I think it's called, it just evades my cryomancers. I believe they're called. It evades me. <laughs> so i i have no like other knowledge other than yeah but I, I, we do know like for sure like what thorn was saying is that you know as far as time travel goes it could be millennia or it could be 30 minutes or it could be one action which is just the six seconds which i think is what wild mount was going for was like the short term time travel kind of using utilizing that aspect of things um but moving towards where we can time travel um thorn did this the best which i i alluded to a little bit was that we were in modern times in uh alaska and russia and then suddenly we were in the salem witch trials you know um stuff like that is real fun to do um and you there's so much you can do from that and we're gonna have another episode but like i took thorn uh his character rick he did a, a, a pseudo time jump and ended up in the Roaring Twenties, but it was fantasy Roaring Twenties. And so there were half elves and there was, you know, industrialization and um, steampunky, you know, gun crossbow things. Yeah. Think of, think of the movie Bright. Yeah. But, but the 1920s. Um, I, I think the cool, a really cool idea to put into like a, into your role-playing game is uh having the the teen titans moment that uh that episode where where starfire transfers herself in the future okay uh, yeah that with your with your players like of putting them in the future and like having them have to attempt to run into their future selves and it's like not what they were expecting and also making one of them evil could actually be kind of fun too um like making a future version of one of your players evil it turns out the big bad's actually <laughs> actually someone they know and love. <laughs> um, Which is typical for uh, Bone Daddy there to really bring out the for sure. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I actually think it would be really interesting to go the opposite way. I think it would be neat if you would make your characters in five E and don't be afraid to cross platforms. Take it back to eight eighty mm-hmm. and do that kind of thing where you know maybe. Even be before that, when when the dwarves and elves were fighting, and you know humans were looked at with complete disdain, and you know that kind of thing, like really bring it back to the old stuff. Maybe the the oldest dragons were just young. Like if you knew a dragon, ooh, that would be fun. And and you go back thousands of years and meet that dragon when they're young, which is why maybe that dragon befriended you at when they did, mm-hmm. is because they remembered you not necessarily going to tell you because it would mess something up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that to me would be really interesting or take it back to a time when, you know, you, there was just tons of barbarians, that kind of thing. Yeah. I just think it would be interesting. I think it would be fun and having, which would you guys would, the game would consider more modern weapons, better steel, uh, maybe magical weapons that haven't even been forged yet. I mean, that to me would be really interesting. Oh, that would be cool. Like uh, in um, uh, in Skyrim, like the Eye of Magna, uh, Magnus, um, you jump to the time when it was created or the time that you, you meet the wizard that created it or you get to meet Fizbin, you know, things like that. That would be really fun. 
That would be. Hmm. Now that the, now the gears are turning. <laughs> <laughs> I really like traveling to the future. Um, that's one of my favorite things. Mostly because I have I had a futuristic setting for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, all of summer, which was like a with they had they had uh, instead of arrow bows and arrows, they had um like stones and crystals that shot like guns. Like they would channel magic and they would shoot like beams of, of magic at people, which was a problem later on. But you know, <laughs> <Nuh-uh>. was- <laughs> <laughs> no guns are never a problem. Well, no, because when you give everybody an a, a, a item that channels magic in the world and technically acts as a magical weapon, um, there's what's the point of them finding magical? <laughs> like what? Like and things with magical resistance, you know? Like it, it it makes combat a lot more complicated, and like finding an enemy they can't hurt a lot more complicated as well. Yeah. So, which we do talk about in our combat episode about changing things and adapting which we can definitely do another episode about that. Um, but yeah, that that is one thing about time travel and really any uh, any trope that you throw into your campaigns, make sure that you're either very adaptable and, you know, like Thorne is always uh, saying, you know, he, he plays off the cuff and he improvs darn near everything in his campaign. He's able to, you know, if I go way left field, with an item that he gave me and he wasn't expecting it at least he can roll with it if that's not something that you are into or feel less confident about definitely try and not necessarily nerf the items but talk to your players and say like hey you know that gun i gave you yeah that's not cool (laughs) uh let's let's work with that and you guys can restat it or you know give it some kind of uh uh like a hindrance or some kind of uh fault in the item so like think of a uh, uh, critical role with uh, Percy his uh, his gunslinger weapon if he rolled a I think it was either a one or a two the gun just jammed and he wasn't able to fire it doesn't happen often but sometimes it happens when he's fighting the vampire and that sucks but it at least kind of balanced out the item that's true well I balanced it out eventually which, I mean, everybody goes through that. You get the overpowered, you get the thing. And we'll, we'll go over this on another episode, the OP versus uh, balancing out and how to yeah. to rescue it. Because it, it happens, and it happens both ways. You can make it super powerful or not powerful enough. Or you could just take all the magic away like I did. Yeah. Well, to be honest, Illidan <laughs> did that too, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or, you could just, or you could just remove all the magic from the world. I mean, that works too. It does. It, it is a it is a quick ace in the hole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know that's also and if that is your ace in the hole, now the party's stuck in a time that isn't theirs, and that can be all kinds of fun uh, for a different type of campaign. So uh, I think we're we're kind of walking around in circles. Uh, so we'll wrap up a little bit. But what is uh, Bone Daddy? What is the one tip? that you would give uh let's say new story weavers about running a campaign with time travel in it um i mean like i said before uh i know that a lot of uh, we're just talking about playing it off the off the cusp and like not having like so many established rules for it but i think what really makes time travel cool is when you understand when your players understand like what their cause or what what their what their effect, what their presence in the past or the future affects, um, 
like either their future or their past. So like them knowing that if they were in the past and they were to like murder someone and then going back and seeing like the repercussions of their influence on the past reflecting on their future um, would really help them like establishing those kinds of rules would really help them understand um, and keep track of what they're doing. So I don't know. I still think that's a, a pretty good, pretty good play for it. Also just have fun. That too. Oh yeah. And my thing is, is like you said, have fun, but it could be as simple or as difficult as you want it to be. Um, if you're new, make it simple, very simplify it. Do the Harry Potter time turner, uh, do the Faye Wild. You can make it simple and still have a lot of fun with it. But if you want to really d- deep dive into the time travel thing and really look at the repercussions, like he said, and you have the time and the spirit to do that, go for it because it is a lot of fun to do that. It really is. I really was into the world of darkness thing with going back following historical, you know, moments in time when I could insert uh, the players and the the big bad guy and insert the influence throughout. It was a lot of fun and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it it did take even I was studying on it because there's a lot of stuff I don't know about history. So it was fun. It's a fun thing to do. Don't be afraid of it if that's what you want to do. But it's ultimately about fun. Just have fun with it. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, rolling off of what Thorne said and, and with the spirit of what we always say, which is steal everything. If you're doing a jump back in time travel, um, it's a lot simpler to go back in time. If you're doing things, you know, like Thorne did with the Salem wish trials and going back into actual history, you don't have to, you know, use all the same names and all the, the exact, Uh, event in and of itself but the basic you know quote-unquote plot uh or the plot of a historical movie things like that you can take those and make them your own um and it makes it it's a blueprint it's very simple to just plug and play you know uh instead of king arthur and his knights you've got i don't know uh illidine and his pirate crew but they're going through the same trials and tribulations that the stories of King Arthur do. So I don't have to do a whole lot of writing. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I just change some names and boom, we're done. So that's, that's something about keeping it simple and just having fun and stealing everything. And on that note, remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. <laughs>